Jesus podcast. And I'm so excited today to welcome Dessa Figueroa. I had the pleasure of meeting her in Oregon. She was our worship pastor, had no idea she was also a Christian author and has a lot to say today about our topic, about the lessons we can learn from women in the Bible. Welcome, Dessa. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. Oh, man, it was so great to get to know you there. And I thank you also for handing me your book in the parking lot. And I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I look forward to it. So when the Lord gave me this idea, it was really about wanting to know his will for women. And you've written a book about that. Why don't you share a little bit about who you are, your ministry, and what your book's about? Yes. Thank you for that. I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor and I come from a long lineage of pastors. Mm. Um, But I first want to actually approach the pulpit as a woman and be ordained as a pastor. Um, And that there are some family members that don't like that, but God bless them anyway. I believe that women were not supposed to do anything like that. And when God put me in that position, he had to be very sneaky about it. Um, he had to trick me into being a pastor. Ah. And so my first, yeah, Jehovah sneaky. And, <laughs> and uh, so I didn't want to take on that role. And so I thought of it just as a fill-in until they filled that position with a man. And I was trying to get my husband to do it at the time, but there was no someone to fill that position. It was me. It was supposed to be me the whole time. Supposed to be you, right? Yeah, it was. And but I didn't know it, and mm-hmm. I I tried to put it off to someone else. And God rebuked me after a while. And I was a youth pastor for about nine or ten years. Wow. So um, I I loved it. It just everything about it. I loved it. I loved the time I spent with the Lord when he would download sermons to me Mm -hmm. and I would be just so hungry for more for that alone time. And if I didn't preach, it would drive me crazy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to think about anything else. And even in the shampoo process in the shower, I wouldn't know where I was. I wouldn't know if I shampooed already or if I need to do it again. I would, I was losing my mind. If I didn't preach the word, he gave me. Yeah. And I understand that too, because I feel the same way when I learn something that's changing my life, I cannot help but teach it. Right. So then I, from there, I was a worship pastor for three years and minister of the house. And that was because I was at a small church. And when you're at a small church and you're a leader, you do just everything that needs to be done. Right. So from unclogging toilets to um, counseling people with marriage problems, mm-hmm. to preaching, and even the healing and deliverance ministry I was a part of. That was fun. Soul yeah. care. And, um, I'm, I'm currently on a, a, a season of rest, and I'm going to be meeting with my pastor this Wednesday to see where God is going to activate me. I take it very serious. The last word that I heard from him say is, gird up your loins to get ready to run so mm-hmm. i Amen. Um, Amen. i know i'm coming out of a time of rest and going back into ministry but i have no idea where god's going to put me so um so it's the name of my book is 
Deborah needed in the church today. I started off just learning about myself when God rebuked me and what he showed me through the verses that I always thought were portrayed one way. He showed me in Greek hermeneutics about it. The verses and what they truly mean, if you go back into Greek and Hebrew, on all of the verses against women, they're not actually against women. And I had to learn that for myself so that I didn't feel guilty doing the job God was calling me to do. And so I wrote just a paper on it for myself. And then it just elaborated into a book over seven years. It's a recent published book. I'm just curious and excited to see what God's going to do with it. And God's already used it for many women who are in leadership. There is a imposter syndrome that women get when they're in these roles. They feel like they um, are doing it for someone else. They're taking someone else's position and they need to know that God put them there for yeah. a reason. God is and the one so, that gives you the assignments mm-hmm. and equips you to do it. Yes, yes. And they're not imposters. They're doing the job God gave them. And there's a freedom in that. Once you see it mm-hmm. and you remove that fear and that shame, you can do your job so much better. Mm-hmm. It, there's no longer energy spent on fear and shame, and you can focus on doing the job God gave you. Amen. So there was a verse that you kind of highlighted for me when you and I were talking about this before in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk, talk a little bit about that and how yes. we can understand better the way Absolutely. God created us. Yes. In Genesis 127, I'll just read it here. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So the idea of God putting his image in both male and female, and we're very different from one another. We, have, we come from a very different culture, very different background, but we carry the image of God that a man doesn't carry. And, and a man carries the image of God that a woman doesn't carry. Right. And so we both have culture that we represent, and we were representing the image of God to the church and to the world. And so when you have both images portrayed, you see the full image of God. And there is no other way to see the full image of God. You have to have both images together. And so when you have a church based on just one image, you're really just getting one leg and you're hopping along trying to get to a goal. But if you have both legs, you can fully run to where God wants us to go. I love that. That's really beautiful. That's really a beautiful way to look at it. We are different, aren't we, men and women? And we carry different types of giftings, even the even worldviews, even the way we look at the world is different. So those perspectives really the depth and a richness to leadership and we're right now we're still talking about leadership so what i want you to do is talk to me about deborah since deborah is the person in is titled in your let's talk a little bit about deborah as a leader example really dive into why god wants 
Deborah's in this season and generation. Yes, uh, Deborah, she was the judge of a nation of Israel. She led the nation. Mm-hmm. And, and people don't realize what her role was. She didn't have anybody above her. Yeah, so she had to sit before God to find out how to lead. There was no middleman between her and God. She right. had to be there in his presence and get downloads of, of how to do this. Which made um, her a prophetess as well. Yes, yes. Right? So she was, yes, a, she a, was a prophet. She was a judge and a prophet, right. Right. And so a lot of people will, when it comes to her name and the judge, she's mentioned in Judges chapter four, people misinterpret her position because she looks like it reads that she submitted to Barak, who was in charge of the army. But really what she was doing, she was helping him because he asked for help. And she had all of the authority as a judge to fire the leader of the army. Mm-hmm. Because in Gideon, when he was a judge, when Gideon was a judge, he fired most of the military. And because God, that's what God had him do. And he had every right and authority to do so because he was a judge. And Deborah has that same authority in Judges chapter 4. But she doesn't do it like Gideon. She does it like Deborah, a woman leader. And she, she comes in underneath Barak to help him, but not because she has to, because she chose to help him. You know what's really interesting to me about that story is that it was Barak that said to her in verse 8, let's see, where are we in uh, chapter 4, verse 8, Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you Mm. will not go with me, I will not go. And the reason Mm. he's saying that is because he knew that God was with her. And if he went without her, they would certainly fail. But if he Mm. went with her, they would succeed. And she said in verse 9, I will certainly go with you nevertheless. The journey that you are about to take will not be for your honor and glory, Mr. Barak. (laughs) Because the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And so what he's saying is, she's saying, you know, I will go with you because I understand that God won't be there if I'm not there. Mm. And isn't that an interesting thing? Isn't that an interesting thing to take away from this story? Is that Mm. one of the reasons I believe the Devers are important in this season is because ah. women are surrendering to the Lord and the Lord is with us. Yes, that we bring sense? the Lord. Yes. When we're called, we're the ones bringing the Lord to that problem, to mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. And so we His do presence. learn we do learn that God has not limited the ability for wisdom and leadership to just one gender, right? Right. Right. There were some other women in the Bible that were leaders. And I just want you to touch on some of them really briefly, if you could. Uh, One of my favorite one-liners in the Bible is Junia. Uh, She's referenced in Romans 16, 7. And Paul's mentioning her with another, with a couple other men. But he's mentioning her as an apostle for the work that she has done. 
And so instead of rebuking her for creating and building churches and raising up men and women in, in the Lord, he applauds her effort. Um, we have Phoebe, who was a bishop. Her title was a bishop or deacon. And people want to kind of put her under the rug as a, a helper. But Paul gives her a recommendation letter and tells the church that she needs a helper to do her job. So she's definitely doing an important work as he's sending her to the church. And then another leader in the Bible is Lydia, uh, the seller of purple. She was gathering women on the shore in Philippi because there was no church there. They would meet at the shore, the bank, and they would have church. And she was leading that when Paul came along in Philippi. He sought after the riverbank to see what was going on there to find Lydia leading it. So then they go to Lydia's house to have church. Salvation came to her house and all that was there. And then when he leaves, she continues to have church there. And she continues to lead it and keep it alive. And then when Paul returns, he returns to her house where the church was active. Wow, yeah. So women taking it upon themselves, as women do, to say, my heart is burning to share something about what has changed my life about Jesus Christ. And I'm not needing a man's permission to do that. I'm just going to do that in the shore. And you know, it's interesting. There's a woman by the name of Jesse Green. She and her husband, during 2020, they wrote a book called, she wrote a book called Wildfire. And she shares a story. Churches were closed. So she went to the Pacific Ocean. And she was baptizing mm. people in the Pacific Ocean, getting in trouble, wow. her, but not actually being stopped. And that reminds me of the story of Lydia. Mm, yes. So great. Yes, I want to shift gears now, and I want to go away from the jobs or the roles that women played. And I want to speak about some lessons that we can learn that were taught because of women. There were lessons that you don't learn from any man in the Bible. And mm. the first one that I wanted to talk about was the woman at the well. And I just wanted to talk about her for a minute because even though the disciples had lived and served with Jesus for three years, and I'm not sure how long they were with him, by the point of this conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well, Samaritans were actually not considered to be uh, friends. They were considered to be less than um the Jews Mm. in Israel, they were considered to be less than, and he chose to have a conversation with her at the well. And in one conversation, you know, this, it was so interesting. I mean, these guys were with him day and night, right? She's, she's talking to him, you know, I'm not really understanding this too much, but you know what? I've heard that the Messiah is going to be revealing himself he's coming soon mm-hmm, and jesus mm-hmm. says to her in verse 26 i i who you speak to am he the messiah mm-hmm. jesus yeah. reveals himself to her as the messiah yeah. that's the first time yeah. he did that really to anyone he even asked the disciples who do you think i am like so he's not declaring himself to them but he declared right. himself to her right mm-hmm. yes and, and she, she was hiding him Right? She believed him right away, right? Yes. Yes. Right away. She was looking for him. 
she was waiting for him, even though she was hiding from the world. She came to the well at the hottest time in the day because nobody would be out walking in that heat. She was hiding from the world, ashamed of who she was, but still yearning to know and looking for the Messiah. And so when she when it was announced that Jesus is the Messiah, it registered in her spirit and she knew it. She did it. Thank you for that. It registered in her. She knew at such a deep level. Right, Dessa? Mm -hmm. Yes. What did she do? It says that she dropped her bucket and ran. Now, listen, this is not a woman that they would have much respect for. I believe it's because in that moment, her shame left her. Right. She no longer had that shame that she held on to while she's looking for the Messiah. When it was announced to her, she was healed and she wanted everyone to know. And she wanted everyone to know. You said, I can't help but preach. I said, I can't help but teach. Mm. She said, I can't help but share the good news. So actually, she was the very first evangelist. Absolutely. Was the very first evangelist. So let's just talk for a minute about what lessons she teaches us. First of all, I think she teaches us that you need to understand that your story, no matter how dark it starts, is changed by encountering Jesus. The gospel is nothing more than the story of where you were, how you met Jesus, what changed, and what he can do for you. And that's what she did. She shared, you guys know me. You guys know me. Look at me now. This man changed my heart. Yes. No religious spiritual difficulty in that. There was nobody giving her permission. Am I right? It was right. It was powerful and it was effective. Yes. And it came from a woman because women, we are protectors of the heart. We care about feelings. We care about the heart condition in our families and our children. We want to know how they're feeling, how everyone's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's our one number one priority. So it, it's coming from a woman who has, her heart has been changed. And right. she wants to affect everyone else's heart. Yeah. And so her traumas, her trials, her difficulties, Jesus did not see those as barriers. Yeah. He talked to her at the well. He chose her. And that means he yeah. can choose you, listener. You know, your limitations are not a limitation for God. He can glorify and transform anybody and and use you for the kingdom, which is such a great lesson because yeah. uh, she was the first one to, to run like that. So yes. now I wanted us to talk about Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus. So we know that she was the one who... Martha was like, hey, make my sister do the work. And he said, he's at my feet, you know, uh, soaking in everything she can learn from me, loving me, devoted. And he said, don't take that away from her. Is the Mary that took the expensive perfume, poured it over Jesus's feet and Mm. wiped it with her hair. And the cool thing about Mary is that for a long, long time, she was anointing him for burial with that. That's what he was doing. And what was really cool about that is that you know, she was facing a lot of rebuke from the men in that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why didn't she? Yeah. Why didn't she yes. sell this oil and give it to the poor? <clears throat> yes. 
It was exactly. a year's worth of wages. And so even standing there, even in the presence of that room in front of these men doing something that is that requires an enormous amount of humility and sacrifice, that was worth a year's yeah. wages. And your hair is your glory. It, 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 yeah. That's how they thought of their hair. Their hair was their, for a woman, was their her glory. She's taking the most glorious part of herself yeah. and she's washing the most dirtiest part of a human body because yeah. they wore sandals. Right. And, and it was dusty and dirty and yeah. dry, dry, dusty roads. Mm-hmm. Feet were the most dirtiest part of the body. She's taking her best and washing his feet. It's yes. beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. It shows just the deepest kind of love. It shows surrender. It shows courage. It shows sacrifice. And that's just a beautiful lesson for us. I mean, we would hope to have that level of devotion for the Lord, that we would be willing to, in mm. front of the fear of man and, and, and everything cool. that, that stops us, right, from really showing how much we love Jesus, we, she could not be quenched. And what I love about that story is that for days and days, she smelled like him. For yeah. where she went, she smelled like he did. So cool. Now, I'm watching our time, but I did want to talk about Mary, mother of Jesus. And just think about the cultural reality. Because, you know, there are, there are denominations that worship her, and I don't want to do that here. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about that. that. But what I do want to talk about is that she was a teenager, probably only 15 years old in a culture that was very male dominated. Um, yes. she, she was betrothed already to Joseph, which meant uh, sort of like engaged. And for her, without speaking to her father and without speaking to her betrothed husband to say yes to the assignment, probably one of the most incredibly unique and valuable assignments of all time to carry in her womb and raise the Messiah. Just think about the responsibility of that for a 15 year old to say yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. To say yes to that. Wow. And I mean, that just shows us how pure of a heart she and Joseph must have had to be selected for that dangerous assignment, having the courage to take on that huge of responsibility knowing would talk about mm. the fear of man knowing that she could have been stoned for showing yeah she could have died she could have been she stoned was for risk- that. she was risking her life yes yeah because that was the culture would have considered her cheating on her commitment and unfit to be married and they would have stoned her oh absolutely and joseph could have thrown the first stone but the Lord yeah. absolutely protected. I mean, what a crazy assignment to give somebody. Ooh. And for her to say yes to that, God bless her. You know, Heidi Baker has written a book called Birthing the Miraculous that really shows through scripture the lessons that she had to learn to prepare herself. It's like the commissioning comes before the call. So it reminds me that oh, David yeah. was anointed as king 14 years before he stepped into that and there are certain preparations that need to happen when you're pregnant and you're incubating 
a life mm-hmm. and you're, you know, there's the conception and the incubation, and then you've got to deliver the baby and then you've got to raise the baby and all of that. There's so much to prepare for so much pressure, so much to learn through that. But, um, Heidi Baker's book does a great job of paralleling that with the women and they're in incubating your calling, your mm. destiny, understanding what your purpose yeah. is, understanding how to walk that out. So yeah, yeah. I, I love Heidi Baker. Oh, I, she's given me breakthrough on being a woman leader without mm-hmm. even meeting her face to face. There was spiritual breakthrough just by knowing she exists in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did get to meet her face to face and um, she was one of the Jesus 18 presenters and she did a birthing activation. And at the time, at this moment, I can't remember what exactly happened, but later that night I was standing out in the rain outside of the, her hotel, waiting for an Uber to pick me up and take me to my hotel. And she pulls up and stands underneath the like area where you don't get rained on. And I just said, oh my gosh, I just got to tell you what happened during your activation. I gave her a big hug and she was so happy. I shared it with her, but what a gift she is to the body. Before we move off the subject of Mary, I did want to say a little bit about motherhood as a really, really important role in the body of Christ and to take responsibility to lead your children to Jesus and to foundationally give them hope and faith and love of God is not a small contribution to the body of Christ. And a lot of mothers, key mothers like Mary, have birthed some of the most amazing and most influential Christians in our generation. So it is not a small job to be a stay-at-home mom. I just wanted to add that. So uh, Experience Jesus podcast, I do ask the Lord what he has to say about this topic. And this is what he said. In the word, in both Joel 2 and Old Testament and Acts 2, New Testament, I said that I would pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That means men, women, children, youth, elderly, all races. Every believer who has accepted my free gift of salvation has a unique role to play in my kingdom plan. It grieves me to see religious spirit people putting limits and quenching the Holy Spirit because of their human-centric beliefs. You see me use more women and young children in Mm. this generation than any other previous. The season is ripe for every believer to step into their destined callings. And you will see me elevate women before men because of their compassionate heart and service and devotion to me. Watch and learn and do not limit how I choose to use both women and young children in this season. I know how Mm. I created each one of them. And I know exactly how I want them to have contributions to my overall plan. At the, the verse at the bottom of my journal for this entry, it says, know that the Lord God is who made us and we are his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture, Psalm 103. So what do you think of what Jesus just said about that? Yes, it makes me think of a couple of scriptures about how God shows himself as a mother hen. Mm. Um Matthew 23, 37 through 39, I believe. Mm -hmm. Also, he talks about himself being a mother bear 
in scripture, mm-hmm. um, in Hosea, and an eagle, a mother eagle. He's mothering to his people. Mm-hmm. And only women can represent that side of God. Mm-hmm. We fully understand what it means to be a mother, to yeah. be mothering. Even if we don't have our own children, yeah. we know how to take care of children right. in that mothering way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a cultural thing. Women have a cultural, a culture that needs to be represented, and we're representing the image of God. Yeah, um, so good. Yeah, it's so, so good. So uh, was there anything else that you wanted to share with us before we close out? Yes. One last thing I want to share is when God calls us to be leaders as women, we need to learn how to lead like a woman. Mm. And you can only learn that by other women, Mm. by seeing their example. If we're learning leadership by men and only seeing it by men, we're going to try to follow and lead in their footsteps and lead like men. Mm-hmm. We need to bring our culture to it. We need to learn how to be feminine as we lead. How do we present this, this culture we have as we're leading? And so it's really important to see women doing it and the women that are, are leading to educate and train up the younger generation. Love that. I love that. I love that. It's really, really good. And there are a lot of women leaders and teachers that um, are doing a great job of discipling other women leaders and moving them forward. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I loved also what you said earlier about don't, you don't have to apologize when God puts you in a position, you thank him for it and you, and you honor him. Celebrate it. Yeah. Celebrate it. We need to celebrate it. It's needed. It's Mm -hmm. necessary. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dessa. How can people get connect with you? Oh, yes. And, your um, book? and I will put links below, but just share it right now, if you would. How can people connect with you? Yes, I'm on Facebook, Dessa Figueroa, but you can also find my book on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, print on demand, and a few other places. I believe it's on Kindle. Some people have said that it's been hard to get it off of Kindle, but I think they're fixing those problems. Okay. Um, and, uh, and the and the title of the book again? Deborah needed in the church today. And is there a ministry website for us for you? On Facebook, I've created a, a monarch movement page, and so that's just for women to connect that are in leadership positions and, and to get encouraged. So we will yeah. include that Facebook link on this episode of PattyEJ.Podbean.com. So thank you so much, Dessa. It's been such a blessing, just not only, and what a great worship leader you were uh, for us in Oregon. I thank you for even being part of that for us. It was, was quite the experience, wasn't it? Yes, it was my honor and joy to be a part of that. That was so good. To, it renewed my heart and soul just to be there with you guys in that weekend. And it's just my privilege just to be here with you today, even. Thank you so much for all that you do, what ministry you have, and just God bless you for what you're doing in the kingdom. Well, thank you. And I just love how the the Lord is just picking up more people for me to be loving and connecting and supporting with. It's just a joy and it's a delight. So I was really blessed. So thank you again, Dessa, and God bless you. Everybody wait for, uh, for our experience, Jesus. Before we dive into our encounter today, 
I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. So for today's Experience Jesus encounter, we're going to do this similar but differently for women and for men. For women, after you have properly postured your heart and played with Jesus for a while, ask the Lord to show you if you have in some way allowed a religious spirit or a cultural norm or a male in authority to say no to you when God was saying yes. What lie has stopped you or slowed you down for living your fulfilled destiny with God? And then ask God to show you the benefit of men and women working together as two legs that can run for you together. And if you're a man, ask the Lord to show you when you have believed in a limitation and created a barrier for a woman or women in your life or in your church to live below their full destiny. Ask the Lord to show you the benefit of men and women working together to fulfill their purposes as two legs running with you and for you. Take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. I hope you learned a little bit about women and how God created them, and also about the contribution that women can make, those that are in the Bible and those that are in your own life. God has created everyone with an amazing destiny, and it is your job as a Christian to identify the path that God has for you. Find that path and live your life to the absolute full satisfaction and blessing that the Lord created you for. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast.